So first and foremost, if you're married and you don't have a will and one of you passes away, most people think that according to Pennsylvania law, that everything's automatically going to go to your spouse. And believe it or not, that's not what happens. So if you don't have a will and you pass away and you wanted everything to go to your spouse, that's not what's going to happen. What will happen is the first 30,000 of your estate will go to your spouse. And then the, whatever's left in your estate will be split 50% to your spouse, 50% to your children. Now that's a big concern because I know that's not, that's what most people do not want. Usually they want to provide for their spouse first and then the children later. So it's really important if you do want everything to go to your spouse, for instance, that you do set up a will that says the same thing because your will is what says where everything's going to go when you pass away. Okay. Now your will also appoints an executor. This is the person who administers your, your estate. Basically, they pay any debts or expenses that you owe, and then they make sure that your beneficiaries receive whatever it is you wanted them to receive, whatever portion or whatever amount of money or whatever assets that you wanted them to receive. That's your executor. The executor can also be called a personal representative as well. They're interchangeable. They're the same person. It's the person administering your will. A couple other things that your will does that some people aren't even aware of is if you have minor beneficiaries, whether that's children, grandchildren, nieces and nephews, if they're under the age of 18 and you pass away, we have to appoint what's called a custodian. We have to appoint somebody to monitor that money until the minor child reaches at least age 18. So what a, lo a lot of times what we'll do is we'll say one of their parents can serve as the custodian, or if you're comfortable with somebody else, we can appoint someone in particular to be the custodian. And then once the child reaches age 18, it's their inheritance. They can do what they want with it. But that's important to think about. We can't have money going straight to a minor child. And then lastly, if you have any minor children or if you're a guardian of any minor children, what happens if you and your spouse pass away? Well, it's really up to the judge to decide who will be in charge of the children at that point, who will have legal custody of the children. In your <clears throat> wills, you can actually appoint who you'd like to be the testamentary guardian of any minor children that are in your care. So that's something that could be really important if you are in charge of any minor children. Something else to keep in mind too is that your will does not necessarily state where all of your assets are going to go when you pass away. So if you have accounts that have beneficiary designations on them, like life insurance policies or retirement accounts, whoever the beneficiaries are listed on those accounts, those are the individuals that will receive that money regardless of what your will says. So it's always important from time to time to check those beneficiary designations um, just to make sure. Believe it or not, we, Kristen and I actually had a client and we were reviewing their beneficiary designations and one of the beneficiaries listed on one of their accounts was somebody they didn't even know. So when these companies are merged into other companies or they're bought you know, and, and sold to other, other entities, sometimes the information is not translated correctly. So definitely a good idea to review those beneficiary designations from time to time to make sure that the people you want to receive that money are actually going to receive it. 
So I can go ahead and, and talk to you guys a little bit about powers of attorney. And this is probably one of the most important discussions that we're going to have today, because really putting powers of attorney in place is probably the most important thing you can do right now if you really haven't done too much of this second half of life planning. The reason being is you never know when something could come up where you're not able to make decisions for yourself. It could be for a short period of time, like if, if you're hospitalized for COVID or for an accident or something like that, or it could be for a longer period of time. Like if you end up with some sort of a medical condition or you know, like a dementia, something like that. So if at some point in time, you can't make decisions for yourself, you want to put powers of attorney in place that appoint somebody else to be able to make those financial and healthcare decisions on your behalf. And again, for you, for those of you that are married, believe it or not, the state of Pennsylvania says that your spouse cannot automatically step in and make financial decisions for you unless you have a financial power of attorney appointing them. Just to give you, I always give this scenario because it still baffles me, but if you, I don't know if any of you have tried calling like the electric company or the cable company and it's in your spouse's name, they won't even let you pay the bill. If, if your name's not on that account. Well, can, I mean, think about that. Like when we're talking about assets and accounts that actually have money in them, you know, if your name is not on the account as one of the account holders, they're not going to talk to you. It doesn't matter if you're married or not. So it's really important for those of you that are married to have a, a power of attorney appointing your spouse. So there are healthcare statutes that say, um, who actually has authority to make healthcare decisions for you if you can't make those. So your spouse would be first, but it gets a little hairy when, when we go on to the next line of people that would be making decisions for you. So for instance, if you're like, if you're coming from a blended family, you know, it could be your spouse and um, one of your children that have to make joint medical decisions for you. Or if we're talking about children, it could be all of them have to make a joint medical decision for you. So if you have a family that might not necessarily get along and, and make amicable decisions, you know, when it comes to medical care for you, then it's a good idea to have those health care documents in place just saying, this person gets to make decisions for me. If they can't, this is the next person, you know, laying out exactly who you'd like to make those decisions. But for the finances, there's no such statute. If there's no financial power of attorney, nobody's authorized to make those decisions for you.